0: Put the bunny back in the box. To that I say, all right, all right, all right. I'm afraid I can't do that. My God. I don't give out too many special treats, but this morning we have a very special treat. This is The Brian Suits Show. Hey, I'm 770 KTTH. Well, it was bound to happen and always is, whatever the popular issue is. Somebody calls a congressional or senate committee. And they bring someone to point their bony fingers at uh, in front of the mic. This this time it's going to be Boeing CEO Dave Calhoun, expected to meet with some lawmakers on today uh, to answer questions about the grounding of the 737 Max nine, and the the new grounding is the whatever the 737 extended range uh, ER nine or whatever. Uh, you know, it's uh, not my job to tell Boeing how to how to restore uh, consumer confidence, but I, uh, man, I, I got to say way more than say a Q-tip, you know, a commercial airliner is something that the customer is the person in the seat. And if they're not confident that the aircraft can fly, they're not, they're going to see what they're flying on, on United, they're going to cancel. And then United goes out of business. Hence, a United saying that they're going to explore buying the Airbus and all that in the in the early age of the jet commercial airliner, there there were a couple death birds, and that did or did not deserve the reputation. One was the De Havilland Comet. Uh, ever heard of it? Ever flown on one? No. Okay. Well, you're you're in good company because they were crashing, and most of the cause. And this is before. Cockpit voice recorders, and so it's part of the reason there are cockpit voice recorders and all that. They they had to look at the the pilots' uh, background, and this was back in the day, by the way, when the pilots were coming off of propeller aircraft, uh, piston, you know, uh, internal combustion aircraft, reciprocating engines, into a different kind of power plant, a different kind of flying, faster flying, and oftentimes many of them probably were over their heads uh, and so. But regardless. You won't be finding a De Havilland Comet around, um, and <clears throat> the the fact that the seven thirty seven has been around for so long just means it's a good, simple, rugged airframe, and it can be improved, and the the whole thing. But when they start having doors pop out of them, then uh, good luck. But it's it's okay because you'll have a safety stand down tomorrow, so that'll take care of things. Already, both United and Alaska have found problems while inspecting their MAX 9s. We found discrepancies uh, on many of our airplanes. Meaning loose bolts? Loose bolts. This is the Alaskan uh, president. And and by the way, when you're failing Alaskan Airlines... Uh, you're really failing locally. The a missing cotter pin. Have you conveyed your disappointment, your anger, to Boeing's top leadership about this? I'm more than frustrated and disappointed. I am angry. This happened to Alaska Airlines. It happened to— I mean, it, it, Alaska flying 737s is like their brand, just like Southwest, um, because they, they find it to be a reliable, rugged aircraft, and because of the Southwest short-haul— uh, business model, it has a lot of stress. It takes off and lands uh, way more than than most other airlines around the world. Um, but nothing talks like money, and y- you don't sign a long term order without a an opt out. And something like, oh, the the plane doesn't want to fly north of you know above sixteen thousand feet. Kind of a deal. Then it would double down on quality control. Now, United CEO says he'll consider buying Airbus planes rather than Boeing's. The Max 9. Ouch. And that's a lot of money, uh, by the way, for that. Alaskan is uh, saying that they're going to have inspectors on the assembly line. And, I mean, in Renton, you know, in, in the facility. Um, and, and, I mean... Uh, I I thought the the issue, my understanding of it was that they put the door plug in in Wichita, not Renton. And so I, and it's a a subsidiary of Boeing and the whole thing. But that was my understanding that that's installed where they make the fuselage, which is in Wichita. And they put them on trains and they drive them over Stevens Pass. And uh, there you go. I did not know that. And I mean it's, it's weird. when you see it it's weird but cuz they're green green wingless fuselages they look like trout gigantic trout and when they had that derail a couple of years ago and all those fuselages were in the sky River, that was uh, an amusing picture but I mean it does it does no good to say but 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 they made them in Wichita look all all people know is that they make the 737 in Renton they put the wing on the fuselage and then the engine on the wing, and then they fly it out of Renton, and and that's that. It's it's called own it. It's called own it, folks. Uh, so there you go. And uh, you know, if you're a stockholder, if you're one of the thousands of stockholders for United, you're pretty soon you're going to be saying, "Well, if they let that go with the 737, how many 757s and 767s do we have? Well, what about other Boeing products? How do you restore faith in in something that people are?" Uh, putting their, their 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 lives, you know, in the hands of, and most people don't consider that when they get on the plane. When was the last time you? The producer Greg flies a lot with a family. When was the last time you thought for one second these things are not meant to fly? <laughs> Rarely, if ever. Yeah, I mean, it's such an afterthought, right? Um, I mean, Thank I only goodness. think I only think that when I get on a helicopter because they were not meant to fly, but um. You know, like I'm, you're in a seven eighty seven up at forty thousand feet. You know, f- flying to Ethiopia, I, I I sat there thinking, how do they how do they know these windows stay in? You know, because that's a very high altitude, and and that is a and, and the forces on the aircraft are astounding. If you've ever been to a seven eighty seven up at cruising altitude, you look out the window and you have to strain to see the wingtip because the wings are that bent. And then you're all of a sudden you're like, wait, aren't these like carbon fiber? They're not good old metal the way the Lord intended, you know, whatever. But you know, it makes it, and you're like, well, of course it made it. Humans, humans engineered it. And uh, but this is a this is a real life and death issue. All it takes is United, and then your Delta, and then your uh, Ethiopia Air or whatever to start canceling uh, orders. And suddenly you got a bunch of happy Frenchmen and a bunch of unhappy uh, Everett people and Renton people. And is, is there some guarantee that Boeing lasts forever? No, there's not. There was, there was no such guarantee for McDonnell Douglas or Lockheed or, you know, insert name of there, – there used to be eight commercial airline manufacturers in America. Then they, they all got ate up uh, by McDonnell Douglas – well, McDonald's, and then B- McDonnell Douglas, and then when Boeing ate McDonnell Douglas. Uh, so, I mean, there, there used to be a panoply. You know, it was a national asset. Um, and the, the reason that the Europeans came up with the consortium called Airbus was because there used to be Dornier, and there used to be Messerschmitt, um, and other, you know, ma- manufacturers of commercial aircraft, and for various reasons, uh, you know, business and war and stuff like that, they went out of, of business. And and France had a, v- a vibrant commercial aircraft uh, business, but there's there's no guarantee. And at at the time in the fifties and sixties, at the time of many many crashes, of the new new aircraft, new aircraft. That's all it took was a couple of crashes, and uh, you did not uh, suddenly get to make a a new a new De Havilland Comet or a or, or the Caravelle, the the last French, last great French. Uh, oh, but by the way, Concord. How about that? The Concord was on its way out. And then it had that spectacular crash that was caused by, you know, nothing to do with the engineering of the aircraft. It ran over a piece of scrap metal that some of their aircraft left on the runway and it pierced their the gas tank of uh, Lake Concorde. And so the Concorde is taking off. And it's on feu. And so it crashes due to the feu, and there's uh, Les mort of everybody. No one wanted to fly on a Concord after that. So it was uh, the end of that business, and so there you go. Uh, Is that out of the realm of possibility? Well, only if you don't know this stuff. But if you do know this stuff, you know that um, your ability to sell people aircraft that you engineer and manufacture is only based on uh, their confidence of the thing flying and then remaining as an airplane uh, in the air. Let's just know it all at this point. I
1: want it all, and I
0: want it now. Know it all. First thing. Well, don't go to the Department of Child and Youth and Families, DCYF, because they're just going to say, what can we do? It's the law. The Jefferson County Prosecuting Attorney believes the reason a child is dead could be from the new law, HB 1227, which prevents child protective services from intervening if drugs are involved, which is like diametrically opposed to their purpose. That's at the minimum, that's when they should be intervening. But it's led to some embarrassing statistics that people misinterpret. There's a higher number of minority interactions with child protective services Um uh, the, in the state of wash in the state of Washington, and rather than delving into, well, wh- wh- what are the reasons for that or or just saying, well, lower income people are more likely to be drug addicts. and who's more likely to be lower income? Okay, well, that's a separate issue. The, the kids are, a se- are are a standalone issue. And if your budget is to protect kids, then go protect kids. Um, and the idea that both parents, are drug addicts? Then the the answer is hard, but it's real easy, and it's take the kid away. And, and if you have to do uh, the family, the Keeping Families Together Act, I uh, had the quarterly data update from January 2024 uh, before the death of this kid that was born on Christmas Day 2023 in Port Townsend. Then you, you, you know you you have one. I hate to say this, but you have one job, and it's keep kids alive. That's your basic job. You have kids, uh, you have families that are on the radar, um, you have kids that are on the radar. And having seen the worst outcome county agency in America, the Los Angeles County DCFS, um, I'm here to tell you, this is a canary in the coal mine. If If you don't clock in and say, I have kids in my case files, some of whom are probably a week away from being abused to death, I'm here to keep the kids alive, believe it or not, People get burned out in that job. Uh, the Jefferson County Prosecuting Attorney believes the reason a poor Townsend child is dead could be from a new law that prevents uh, Child Protective Services from intervening if drugs are involved. And, I mean, I'm, I'm here to tell you that's when they need to intervene. That's the, the most crucial time they, they should be uh, intervening, uh, by the way, because the parents aren't responsible. That That's the horrible thing about drugs They they love the drugs more than their kids and if you don't know that don't work for that agency
1: the jefferson county prosecutor says he has heard the questions from people living right here about why jordan Sorensen has not been charged with his baby's death in fact one of the last people to see him alive is especially upset
0: Really sure my head. <laughs> and this is a family friend uh, who, who had set up a bedroom for the drug addict couple and their brand and their new baby. And um, I, I, I don't know if she was an option to take custody of the kid. What What happened was because they're so uh, influenced because of the state law, they're, they're mandated to look for options to put the kid back with the parents. And I mean, I understand the thought, and it's the uh, Reduce Embarrassing Stats Act of 2023, or or something. But Dad faking a urinalysis so that he can, uh, he can deceive the state into getting possession of the kid. And I, I mean, I don't know because obviously I'm talking in, in circles here. It's a bit of a contradiction that he would work his way into getting the kid. I sense he knew that there would be state money if if he had the the newborn so they rather than i mean they botched the urinalysis if uh, if they if they let the guy bring in black market urine and pass it and just one just one passing urinalysis and he gets the kid back so it seems like there's some some holes in in the state's uh, uh reasoning on on this one
1: voice she had converted her port townsend home into a nursery for baby otis sorensen where he his father and mother could live but that hopeful scenario ended when jordan sorensen led detectives to the infant's body in the thickets of brush in the kai tai lagoon park and andrews is angry so anyway
0: just say well, you know what the- a horrible story that's playing out in 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 front of us, and now we're seeing that a a new state law, and and I, I'll know a little more about who sponsored this and what what motivated it and the whole thing. But when when you mandate a state agency to deliver compassion, this is what you get. You you get a bureaucracy delivering compassion. Um, uh, you, you know, just like expecting mercy at the IRS or something you're a file and i mean with all due respect i understand there's people that work for dcyf that get in that join that profession for the right reasons and 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 they get burned out they get they get burned out and then you just become a case and th- there was a great netflix documentary uh, 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 about a, a kid that was left with their parents after teachers nurses, law enforcement who were all mandatory reporters reported the cigarette burns and the bruises and the BBs under the skin on a boy, on a 10-year-old boy named Gabriel Fernandez and it's a Netflix documentary called the, the the killing of Gabriel Fernandez. If you want to get really depressed, just watch that. But anyway, I'm saying that there's a way to intervene and stop this and it's look look at this at the background of this law that compels the people whose job it is to be compassionate to put a uh, a, a newborn kid of a pair of drug addicts back in their possession in, in their custody and that's a recipe for disaster and and the thing is as we speak somewhere in this state there's a kid a day away from being uh, uh, uh the otis uh, Anderson in, in in Port Townsend I mean, it's, it's the clock is ticking on kids, and, and because this law was passed, so um, that's pretty depressing. And what's more depressing? And, and Nikki Haley thinking she won, or that? Well, let's get that thing too. Second thing. Second thing. Nikki Haley thinks she by by only losing by eleven, she thinks she won. With Donald Trump, Republicans have lost almost every competitive election. We lost the Senate. We lost the House, we lost the White House, we lost in 2018, we lost in 2020, and we lost in 2022. The worst kept secret in politics is how badly the Democrats want to run against Donald Trump. She's right about all that, by the way, but it's going to happen. I mean, it, it, the, the nomination was uh, ended last night. He's he's uh, His momentum, he's going to win in Nevada. She's not even on that ballot, and then South Carolina and the whole thing. I do think that at, at the epicenter of the Biden re-election uh, committee, because they're panicking uh, right now, is that Trump right now cognitively is still better off than Biden, and that's uh, thing three. Third thing. And this is uh, Biden saying stuff, and uh, we can't figure out if he was off teleprompter or if he was actually reading this. But... We'll teach Donald Trump an, a valuable lesson. Don't mess with the men in America unless you want to get the benefit. So that was in uh, Virginia yesterday. What? This is their, their brand. Their, their their brand for uh, uh, Biden-Harris 2024 is but 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 abortion— and if, if that was unscripted and they're relying on him, like getting grandpa, getting a that's the result. And that just does not fill me with confidence or anyone with confidence. So, um, I think we can fast forward to November right now, but, but what we, I think we, did we determine forensically that what he's saying is what Trump has learned is don't mess with the women of America. Lesson. Don't. Mess with the an American unless you want to get the benefit. Unless you want to get the benefit. Yeah, what is that? He mean? wanted to say get the penalty or suffer the or get a face suffer full of. The consequences. Uh, I, I guess. Right? But I mean, it's over for, for him. Maybe ten years ago he might have delivered that. But then oh, ten... Virginia. So there's so there's there's that. And the real governor, Terry McCullough. Mm. And Democracy, folks, uh, the guy that lost. Um, and Thing 3. Third Thing. Uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene and her... Gigantic brain pointed at all of you rhinos, and boy, news on rhinos here in just a second. These are fake numbers. Nikki Haley does not have this much support. She's going to come out and claim that she's rising in the polls. All these fake news media people up here on this platform are going to claim that Nikki Haley is rising in the polls. It's a total, complete lie, absolute lie. There you go. Broken watch twice a day. I think Marjorie Taylor
1: Greene represents what a lot of voters should be concerned about. And that is no matter what happens in 2024, whether Biden wins or Trump wins, the bigger concern should be, do we trust our election system? Because she's she's. Repeating this lie that, oh, these are fake returns for Nikki Haley. She lost by 10. She probably really lost by 20 or 30. You had Trump again last night saying he won New Hampshire in 2016, in 2020 in the general election. And now uh, percentages that are notable in both parties are saying they won't trust the results in 2024. That's uncharted territory for our country.
0: Okay, Rhino. All right is what many scientists are saying in Nairobi. They made history by successfully transferring a rhinoceros uh, embryo for the first time Con- conservationists announced uh, this morning in Fourth Kenya. Thing. An achievement that could help save the embattled white great white rhino uh, from the growing threat of poachers. So, okay rhino. Uh, there's a, that really is uh, news today. Nice tie-in. Um thing 5. 5th thing. Well, the box office blockbuster Oppenheimer will be released in 2024 in a couple of weeks in Japan, which Robert Oppenheimer bombed twice with a bombs. I wonder if I wonder if they'll the the if the Japanese audience will get like a wacky gag reel. I wonder if there were is Killian Murphy is Christopher Nolan capable of putting together a gag reel, any outtakes of like Christian Bale as a as Batman. Uh, or anything like that. Uh, um, probably not. I'm, I'm, I'm thinking. All right. Uh, when we come back, uh, the Magnificent Seven stocks are back and going gangbusters. Do you have any of the Magnificent Seven stocks? I'll list for you what the Magnificent Seven stocks are uh, when we come back. And no jokes on the, it's a federal rule, no joking about silver alerts or anything like that on the highway reader signs. Um, and that even means uh, a dry humor. And uh, and more after the same, somebody some KTCH. Seven seventy K T C A. Here is Neil Diamond. No, here he's not. Um, and uh, happy eighty third birthday to Neil Diamond, uh, who is a singer. If you haven't, I got to say, you know, he's he's eighty three. But if you didn't see him, I'm going to say the cutoff for Neil Diamond 65 or so. You think he's in sweatpants by now, or still
1: forever in blue jeans?
0: I would totally, I would totally be um, on that little thing that you do little fake foot movement exercise. That would be in the, the best. Yeah, I'd be on uh, in the sweats, having my oatmeal. Where it began what? guitar. What a phenomenal voice. Beep, beep. I can't begin to know it. And he wrote it. But then I know it's growing strong. Strong. Mm, it's nice yeah, baritone so anyway. Yeah. So that's this is my karaoke go to as well as brandy um, by looking glass. Uh, but anyway, uh, happy birthday to the guy. I um so if you've if you if you know you know, if you've seen him, you've seen him. And you're all the better for it and stuff. And it's cool because he, he he comes back every couple of years as cool, as retro cool. Like the kid's like, oh, his name is Neil Diamond. You probably never heard of him or whatever. Or, and by the way, his real name, Neil Diamond. He is uh, great for karaoke
1: for dudes because his register <clears throat> is right in the key yeah. you want to be in for most guys. There's not a lot of Led Zeppelin karaoke going on because Robert Plant no. was singing in keys that we'd never heard before. <laughs> But Neil Diamond is right here in that sweet spot, and he rarely left it.
0: And uh, and also, oh, geez, what's the monkey song that he wrote? Last train to Clarksville.
1: Uh, I love that song. If that's if that's the one he wrote. Uh,
0: no, but a, no, I'm a believer. I'm a believer. And his version of "I'm a Believer" I'll, that'll be the next bumper. Um, by right. the way, well, <clears throat> big tech is powering the stock market again higher. By the way, this comes on the news that if, if you're not following it, the Chinese economy is melting down. And it cannot melt down with some ice without ice cream dripping on us. By the way, they're a big part of their gross domestic product is building empty apartments and condos. And that's metaphorically collapsed. Um, by the way. So they're having Chinese-owned enterprises to bring bring all their cash from overseas. There's companies, like you know, kind of like Apple. There are Chinese companies like ByteDance and others that are leaving cash in the nations that they earn them. And the Chinese are saying, no, bring it back here and buy Chinese stock, which is like Peruvian bail bonds or something. But... Uh, anyway, here here in the world's reddest, hottest economy, the largest tech stocks which dominated the stock market last year have once again rallied, and they're called the Magnificent Seven, the so-called Magnificent Seven, and they are – what was their – oh, I, I don't have my Trump ding, 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 ding uh, ready. Uh, the Google parent Alphabet uh, is back and, and big. Amazon, Apple, Meta Platforms you, – you say Facebook. Microsoft, NVIDIA. And Tesla, the, those are the magnificent seven. Uh, NVIDIA, it, it might seem unlikely, but NVIDIA's turbocharged 2023 is due to the fact that they make the most important chip that powers AI. So they might be uh, the bus that's driving us all to hell, but in the meantime, they're making a lot of money. Uh, Tesla has just uh, lowered price, and that's it's, uh, increasing their sales. Plus, there's the you know government... Uh, incentives and, and the rest. But anyway, those are the magnificent seven. Once again, once again, Alphabet, Amazon, Apple, Meta, Microsoft, NVIDIA, Tesla. There you go. I can't make an acronym, it. There
1: you go.
0: A-A-M-M-N-T. Anyway, so uh, <clears throat> uh, there you go. Well, a sad... Uh, 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 I don't want to say benchmark. The first official homicide in Seattle uh, happened today. A 14-year-old boy in a West Seattle Youth Recreation Center uh, yesterday. Uh, It's a little confusing, but the West Seattle, the Southwest Teen Life Center, there's an indoor pool there. 14-year-old was found wounded in the bathroom of the rec center uh, at Southwest Thistle in West Seattle. It was around 1.30 p.m., uh, in a video posted on the West Seattle blog, Seattle Police Chief Adrian Diaz said the, apartment, the department does not have evidence of an altercation leading to the shooting. Other teenagers are being interviewed. And it's one of those things where uh, there's there's no leads, no one saw nothing, and they can't find a gun. Well, somebody had a gun, the kid shot, and the kid died at the scene, was declared dead uh, at the scene. Um, so not, not a real... Um, uh, happy Went Tuesday on, on, uh, on that one. Uh, back to uh, last night. Um, well, so one lesson, if you can't figure it out from The Apprentice or from 2016, is that if Trump feels like you owe him, like you're conceding and you're going to endorse him or whatever, just see what he did with Ron DeSantis over the weekend. Um, all Ron had to do was say, I now endorse uh, Donald Trump because because the implication is that some of the DeSantis voters are not going to go with uh, Trump. Nikki Haley lost last night. And in, instead of saying, yeah, you know, I, I, I concede, he ran a good race, and I'm stepping down, she still has money. And money is the arterial blood of, of a, uh, a campaign. I want to congratulate Donald Trump on his victory tonight. He earned it. And then she doesn't drop out. And I want to acknowledge that. Now you've all heard the chatter among the political class. And she goes there. They're falling all over themselves, saying this race is over. It's not over! No. <laughs> and the crowd disagrees, and uh, that's why they're at the Nikki Haley concession speech. Uh, this absolutely poked Trump the wrong way. I don't think there's a right way to poke Trump, but they this poked him the wrong way. And so he came out and he gave... I am trying to think if I've seen a more embittered victory speech. Yeah, it was anything but magnanimous. <laughs> if anyone... I mean, short of Stalin, uh, yeah, he he spiked the football real hard on her. Your typical victory speech, but let's not have somebody take a victory when she had a very bad night. She had a very bad night. And you uh, you have the... You have the very – the now very unpopular governor of this state. This guy, he's got to be on something. I've never seen anybody with energy. He's like uh, hopscotch. And-, and talking about Sununu, you know, who endorsed uh, Nikki Haley, then today he's he's out there cleaning up her mess uh, saying that, well, she only lost by 11, not 111 or 41 or, or whatever. Um, does, is Trump implying that Sununu's on drugs? I wouldn't put it past when time. he says hopscotch, never seen anybody with energy. It's like uh hopscotch. And uh, you know, I'm, I'm watching this guy and two weeks ago he said, we're going to win. We're going to win in the last side. We're going to win about three days ago. So I said, well, we want to do well. That's a big difference. Um, and I gotta, I gotta say he, I, I, t- I taped the raw thing. He went on about nine minutes And but I mean that's how you can tell it's personal with him. uh, is not conceding and immediately uh, endorsing him. And and then I I feel bad for Tim Tim Scott's uh what 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 would we say? Tim Tim Scott, who what, for four months was running, um his high point was his announcement of his candidacy. And talked about his mom and uh, the whole thing. And ever since then, he has been just a uh, a chogi boy for uh, for uh, for Trump. J- just like everybody who is in that orbit, um, they have to give full full throated, uh, un unadulterated, pure support, and not just that, but praise. Did you ever think that? Had- and keep in mind, Tim Scott was appointed by Nikki Haley and Trump doesn't understand, you know, if he came out and said, "Look, I go way back with her. I wish her well, but she doesn't belong in this race." Hey, that's that's all you got to say. Actually, appointed you, Tim? And think of it, appointed and you're the senator of his state and she endorsed me. You must really hate her. <laughs> No. It's uh it's a shame. And and Tim Scott is there in the background and he doesn't know what to do. And so he in in a really bizarre sort of nervous reaction he comes up to the mother. It's a sh- uh-oh. <laughs> I love you. No, that's That's why he's a great politician. That that was very cringe.
1: Oh, extremely awkward. He's clearly friends with Nikki Haley. And he's one of the more conciliatory candidates in all of politics, but making this deal with Trump now to, to
0: back ding, him ding, and, ding, and ding, ding. him
1: during his victory speeches, he's he may have to learn the hard way that it's Trump or bust.
0: Uh yeah, no, he, he's on the train, and and uh, and, and that's that. Um, and so, anyway, it, it's on. And I mean, let's all just be realistic on this. Uh, the it, the the actual race is on the the real general election races on everything else is just automobiles automobiles at this point so um there's there so I mean uh, it'll be there'll be an uh, a trivia question next week who won the Nevada primary it'll, it'll be Trump because Nikki Haley's not even running there then who won uh South Carolina um and the rest of it and also there's a bunch of little things that Trump is doing this time way better than 2016 and that is that he has people concentrating just on the rules. Like, for instance, California was a proportional awarding. Now it's a winner take all uh, for the Republicans. So there may hey, a delegate's a delegate. But uh, anyway, back in second am seven seventy. 770 KTTH, Brian Suits here. Uh, Greg, you play guitar, right? I've been known to. So that's why you respect the Neil Diamond. Oh, absolutely. Have you ever seen Saving Silverman? I have, actually. Not oh, a great okay.
1: movie, but I love the subplot involving love for Neil Diamond.
0: Yeah, and it's a tribute band called Diamonds in the Rough. And the movie ends with Jack Black and Arlie Ermey, the drill sergeant from Full Metal Jacket, and Neil Diamond in a uh, duet. Come on, we need you. And that's all I'm going to play uh, on it. But it's, uh, it's pretty pretty interesting. He obviously has a great sense of humor about who Neil Diamond is. I do want to
1: thank you for letting me know and making me privy to the fact that Neil Diamond was the one who wrote I'm a Believer. I
0: didn't know that. that. Oh, is this the monkey? Service?
1: No, this is the man.
0: That's all love is so- Someone else but not for me. And I'd say he does a pretty good version. It's not a version. It's his song. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you know? And I mean, you can have Mike Nesmith, you know, schlep it off. And it becomes a hit. And people think forever, oh, the monkeys just so talented. Uh, then I saw her face. No. The, the Kneeler uh, does this song. And also, you know who covers this really well is Chris Isaac. But he does a Neil Diamond impression. Um, on that, does um, he sing it this way? And then I saw it, for it? Can, I, can, I, can I, he? <laughs> but he has kind of that that uh, Neil Diamond range. Oh, okay. Uh, and 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 stuff. But a really good version. But not as good as the original Neil Diamond. I'm a believer. Which he did. The Monkees released it, and he released his version on an album like eight months later. People are like, oh, Neil Diamond's copying the Monkees. What a sellout! Oh my god. And uh, yeah, I'm a good. yeah, I have. Okay, here's here's the full math problem, folks. So get get your thinking caps on. I know normally you're told there'd be no math on the Brian sue Show on AM Seven Seventy KTH, but here there is going to be math. If you're driving eighty miles per hour, how long does it take for you to go eighty miles? Uh,
1: like two hours. You're going eighty miles an hour.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And
1: hour and a half. Well, if you're going eighty miles an hour. Like, gonna take how long does it take hour hour. you
0: to get to eighty? Oh, you're right. You're right. It takes you.
1: You have to like yeah, split so like, like two hours.
0: See, they think they they've hit on the key that they have. They haven't factored in the acceleration rate to get to eighty. Like one, like an hour forty-five.
1: All right. Is that right? <laughs> the money? <laughs> I think that was right.
0: <laughs> of course, you think you were right on on that one, but uh, so anyway. Um, Automobiles, and and so that that's why uh, we we had we had a um, we had a, a thermometer that was fixed on centigrade on Celsius, and I I couldn't figure out how to change it to Fahrenheit. And then I made the game when my daughter was like four. I taught her double it and add thirty. So I would just surprise and go, hey, "What what's the temperature right now?" And it would be you know nine. And she would double it, then add 30. And it was—it became a little game. Ding, 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 ding. So it's, it worked. So I guarantee if I asked her, if you're going 80 miles an hour, how long will it take for you to go 80 miles? <laughs> and so it's uh, not a question of, uh, you know, of course, African swallows are non-migratory. Uh, so we know that. Um, well, so uh, it, it, it takes a background I gotta say in law enforcement to understand what the problem is in the homeless industrial uh complex uh, um and where where do we get this Dave record video was it one of his uh so recently
1: he toured a homeless camp in the Puget Sound area I think Seattle specifically and Jonathan Cho was a little Johnny with the, Cho with a video camera yeah
0: I wonder I wonder if it was at skeleton camp because that, that, that that's the one I want to go to Anyway, Reichert nails it here. All these people said they want to leave, but I have talked to people who say, no, I'm fine right where I am. But they're, they're suffering from, again, substance abuse or mental illness. And we expect them to make a decision that is in their best interest. That's not going to happen. We've enabled people to be home. Because they can't help themselves. They can't make life decisions for themselves because they that's why they're they're living in tents. We just give them we give them needles, we give them condoms, we give them aluminum foil to do their drugs and then we drive away. They get food, we drive away. And so they begin to believe that okay, this is the way it is. Our government's not even listening to the people that are out here on the street and know how to address this issue. The whole idea of providing housing first and just shoving at somebody into a abandoned hotel uh, and expecting people to all of a sudden get better because now they have a place. <laughs> it, it's killing people. That's one one of the the, the deadliest uh, misimpressions. Of what's going on is this belief that housing first somehow leads to someone going. Oh, I like clean sheets. I think I'll clean up. That doesn't work like that. Then then you give them like least says needles and lighters and spoons and 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 all that. You you block every. Uh, barrier to enabling. Uh, all I have to do now is steal something, sell it, and get fentanyl or meth or or whatever. Um, and because of the idealistic young people that inhabit that industry, there is this institutional ban on thinking that they're homeless because they're addicts, not that they're addicts because they're homeless. No one says, oh, I lost my job. I better move into a tent and start that scorching fentanyl habit that I've been putting out for so long. That didn't happen. Uh, th- there's no unemployed bankers. That's a myth, too. That, oh, there, there go I, except for one paycheck. Okay, no. Somewhere, somewhere between being uh, laid off and, and being found as a skeleton on Queen Anne Hill uh, above Dexter... Uh, There's quite a bit the most rational people that are not addicted uh, would do. Uh, Many other, I mean, geez, you know, rob a bank before, I mean, don't, just don't do that. Um, In 2022, the Washington State Legislature passed uh, House Bill 1227, the so-called Keeping Families Together Act. Uh, What does it change? It increases the standard for police and hospitals to take a child into protective custody through a law enforcement hold or a hospital hold. Increases the standard for a court to issue a pickup order directing DCYS, the Department of Children, Youth and Families, or law enforcement to take a child into protective custody. Increases the standard. That's how you get a pair of drug addicts in Port Townsend that live outdoors, live in tents, and are not making any effort to do anything except continue each other's addiction. Then, because you see, when a man loves a woman, 10 months later, or in this case, 38 weeks later, the baby was a little preemie, this kid, Otis Sorensen, born Christmas in Port Townsend, to a pair of parents that both tested positive for fentanyl, and the baby at birth tested positive for fentanyl, so it goes into a neonatal ICU, should not be in the hands of either parent until they pee clear for six months. That, that I mean, I, I, do I lack compassion when I'm thinking about the future of the kid? Is that, is that what led to HB 1227? Because this is what confuses the hell out of me. It's like the, you're doing the opposite of protecting kids. Um, and so that's why, uh, you know, Dave Riker with his law enforcement background, he looks at that the same way any rational person does. The, the, the set of things called homeless outreach, the King County, the RHA Regional Homeless Authority, it's peopled and run and financed by people who think that they're addicts because they're, they lack homes. So if they get homes first, they'll unaddict. And it's crazy. I just, I wonder how many, in you know, in the world we live in today where grandparents are dropping their kids off at your kids' middle school or high school, where this is so pervasive, how are these people the ones running this? You know, where where were you when they were taking testimony uh, on that? I mean, we're we're at a point now where more grandparents are dropping off and picking up their grandkids at middle school and high school than ever before. You know what I'm saying is absolutely correct. And the state hands a baby with fentanyl in its system at birth back to the dad. And then now is shocked and surprised that the child is found abandoned and dead in a park in Port Townsend. And the dad has a story um, uh, and can't be charged with murder until the toxicology and the post-mortem is done on that. But, uh, yeah, as you can tell, I'm pretty, pretty PO'd about this. Uh, and finding out that this is passed... Uh, Easing the ability to put a kid that has that can't help itself. I mean, literally helpless. You know, I mean, you're helpless till you're 14 or 15, and then that's when kids run away. And I mean, the, the addicts can't help themselves, but the state will help them remain addicts. And so will King County, and apparently Jefferson County. Uh, back in second AM 770 KTTH.